You're listening to the Woman Who Chat podcast with me, your host, Sandra Garlic. A podcast where I chat to women in business who share their knowledge and their business journey, including their top tips, especially for you. But not only that, you'll hear their inspirational stories too, the real authentic version, because life and business is actually a roller coaster. I'm the founder of Woman Who, and I help you to power up your personal brand and get visible. I teach you the simple steps to get where you want to be. I help you to find your story and create the opportunities for you to share it confidently on stage, in print, and in other media. I'm delighted to bring this podcast to you each week to inspire and motivate you so that you can achieve in the future. I'll be sharing my knowledge, insights and stories too. Enjoy this week's podcast. Woman Who Chat is sponsored by Grow Radio. Grow Radio is an online radio station dedicated to bringing you a different podcast on the hour, every hour. I'm proud that Woman Who Chat is played on Grow Radio every Tuesday at 3pm and Friday at 8am and to be part of their podcasting community. If you want to listen to the station, explore their shows, get your podcast onto Grow Radio and check out many of the blogs to improve your podcasting skills. So head over to growradio.uk today. And welcome to Woman Who Chat. And today I'm here with the lovely Claire Cahill from Ascendo Coaching and Training. We've chatted before, Claire. And when we came up with the topic for this podcast, obviously you were the person that sprung to mind. And today we're going to chat all about progress over perfection and procrastination. I love that. We've got all the P's today. So, Claire, before we start, obviously I'll put in the show notes a link to your past podcast, which tells us a little bit more about you. But before we start, just give us a quick overview of what you actually do do. Well, my name is Claire Cahill. I'm an award-winning executive confidence and leadership coach. And I love working with those busy, stressed out leaders who struggle to get out of the hamster wheel. And I want to create that safe space for them to innovate and take action. And if they need to be quite vulnerable, then they've got that safe space to be quite vulnerable and share what keeps them awake at three o'clock at night. Love it. Love it. Perfection. I've always been a perfectionist and people keep saying it's progress over perfection, but I can't help it. I'm the one that, you know, when they say when you write your book, you just write and then you go back and edit at the end. I'm not. I'm punctuating. I'm dotting the I's. I'm crossing the T's. I want everything to be shiny and perfect. And but sometimes I look at a blank piece of paper. This happened to me today and I didn't want to write on it. Because I'm thinking, I'll just go and do that. I'll just go and do that. So what's your take on this? Well, I'm smiling as you're talking because I do exactly the same thing. So mine typically comes from writing training programs. So I'm at the minute writing some training programs for some senior leaders. It's quite a big contract. And in my head, that little devil that sits on the I touch my right hand shoulder because the little devil sits on the right hand shoulder and rattles in my ear about 
you're not good enough, whatever you're going to put on that piece of paper is not going to be right. You need more time to think about it. So by listening to that little devil, the procrastination kicks in. And before you know it, half an hour later, you've still got a blank piece of paper. And then my little angel who sits on the right hand side of my shoulder rattles in my ear. But this is a really good idea, Claire. This is a really good idea and cements all of the reasons why I am good enough and why I've, I need to put the training together. And then once I start to listen to that little angel, I then start to put my ideas down on paper. And the reality is that stage I tell myself, this isn't the end product. This is you now just getting all of the ideas out of your head so that you don't have to think about those ideas anymore. And funnily enough, once they're down in, on paper in front of me, I then don't have to think about them, but I can think about, okay, then, so if I'm going to take this idea forward, what are the thoughts that come with that idea? And what are the things now that I need to capture? So some people will call that a mind map. I know, Sandra, you use post-it notes and you'll write things down on your post-it note. Yeah, I might have pictures on a paper. I might have words on a paper. I might have a to-do list. It doesn't matter what it is. It's just making sure that by the end of whatever time you allocate, it's no longer a blank piece of paper. And I think, you know, I think, yes, I use mind maps, I use post-it notes, to-do lists. And I always find as well, if I don't highlight those three most important tasks or the three most urgent tasks every day, I will always put the ones that I'm procrastinating over to the bottom. Yes. So sometimes, you know, we've read Eat That Frog and do your nasty frog first at the start of the day. And that is true. And I have to do that because otherwise I will procrastinate. I will do anything other than that horrible, sticky task that I don't want to do or that piece of work that I really don't want to do and just keep pushing it to the bottom of the pile. And that doesn't achieve anything because the next day I've got exactly the same thing and exactly the same process. And I think it is almost sometimes we want it to be that perfection, that piece of perfect written work or that perfect article, the perfect blog. And do you know what? You can go back and correct it. Or next time you do it, you can do it just that bit better, can't you? Exactly. And I think it's about, obviously, as a coach, I always talk about who we are today is not who we are going to be tomorrow, next week, next month, next year. So why do we not apply the same theory to that piece of paper? So whatever we put down today is today's work, and that's good enough. If we revisit that piece of work in a week's time, it might be exactly the same because actually that was perfection or it might be something else and if it's something else well then that's fine because that's good enough today because that's the next you know piece of the puzzle we're evolving we're constantly learning if I look back at some of the content I wrote a year ago and I think, oh, God, did I really write that? Sometimes I think, wow, did I really write that? And other times I look at it and think, I could do that so much better now. But I forget that I've had a year of I'm always working on my own personal development. I'm always picking up new ideas. I read. You know, you're always I'm like a sponge. 
And, you know, you have to apply that learning. And so things do evolve and, they, and tomorrow they are better than they were today because of that learning and that constant evolving that we go through. Yeah. And it's interesting when you mentioned Eat That Frog, because that is the book that I instantly came into my mind. And that was one of the first books that I read when I was training to be a coach. And I got it out again back end of last year because I was putting some training together and I thought, oh, right, let's just go back and revisit time management and let's just revisit. Is there anything that I forgot that, you know, is new learning? And the reality is there was nothing in that book that I didn't know already. And it made me smile to myself because when I worked in corporate world, which is now four years ago since I made that leap of faith, I did a full-time job in four days a week. So I had no option but to be really disciplined with my time. So everybody thought I was great at time management. The reality is now I own my own business and nobody's there saying, you've got to do this on a certain day and you've got to do that on a certain day. Maybe I'm not as good at time management as I like to think because there's always something more interesting that I can be doing. So I think for me, and this comes back to perfection and procrastination, time management's a skill that we can all learn. And it's about the discipline that we apply then to time management and I know in that book they talk about the Pomodoro technique and for some people that will work really well and for me what I find is that once I start taking action I might not want to stop after 25 minutes and have a break because once I've started and I'm in flow I need to keep in flow so it's even it's about taking those techniques and thinking what works for you as an individual. And for me, it's about getting started. So I really like that idea of if there's only three things that you're going to do today, what's the first action that you have to do with the first thing? And you'll find that once you start it, it's done in no time. More often than not, and I mean, I know my prop productivity time. So if I want to do a meaty piece of work, I know that between 6, 6.30 in the morning and midday, that is my optimal optimum time where I'm going to produce good stuff if I'm trying to do something at five or six o'clock in the evening it takes me three times as long because my brain is slowing down at that time of day so I try and do my meaty stuff I pick the biggest meatiest task that I've got to do first thing in the morning and get it done get it out of the way and I say I pick three things more often than not I tick off six or seven yeah got that frog and I've taken it and I've just you know tackled it completely and it just makes you feel so much better yeah 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 and it's funny because I'm thinking now about my children in lockdown because I'd got two different children that behaved differently so I'd got one in secondary school one in primary school they're both now in secondary school but my eldest who was in secondary school used to get up in the morning set his workstation up on the dining room table with his dad and just crack on with whatever he had to do in the day with the mindset of if I'm done by lunchtime I've got the rest of the day to myself. My youngest, on the other hand, used to constantly question what he was being asked to do, why he was being asked to do it, trying to make sense of it all in the world that we were living in. 
And therefore, who did he used to come and talk to? His mum. So then I'd got constant interruptions that in the end, I just said, right, I love your curiosity. I love that you're questioning everything, but you need to make a choice. Are you just getting it done or are you not bothering? Because there was no in between with Um, him. And again, once he'd set his mindset to getting it done, he got it done. And he still behaves like that now with homework. He'll leave everything till lastminute.com but he'll get it done. He'll never miss a deadline. And that's because me and him are so alike. But my eldest is very much a perfectionist and has perfectionist traits. However, I think he's just realized that, well, if I take action and I do it, it's good enough because the reality is, does perfection actually exist? Exactly. And somebody once said to me, look, 80%, 90% is good enough. It doesn't have to be 100% every time. You know, you look at exam grades and things like that. Most exams want you to get over 70%. They're not asking for 100%. Get the same certification at the end, whether you get 70% or you get 100%. So why we strive for that perfection when all we need is to pass it because it's a piece of paper at the end of the day? And really, if we applied that to other things, we wouldn't put so much pressure on ourselves. And it's interesting because that's exactly the approach that I've taken with George because he's doing his GCSEs and I've taken all pressure off because they're his exams. It's a reflection of what he's learned over the last five years in secondary school. And the only mandatory that I said was you need to leave school with English and maths because I've seen too many people where I've worked with them as senior leaders on an apprenticeship programme that They've not been able to provide the maths and English certificates and therefore they've had to do functional skills. And I said, and I don't want you to be in that position later on. So go and get your maths and English certificate. Anything else that you get is a bonus because when you go on and do the next thing, that will replace whatever your GCSE grades and results are. And as a self-employed business owner, I've never been asked to prove my maths and English. You know, it's and people go different routes, don't they? Some people never go into employment. They start a business and they never have to prove what they've got. Now, I didn't get my maths and English at school and I had to go back and do it. And it's a tough cookie to do that later in years. But to get and go and do a degree, I had to have my maths, English yeah. and these other things. And it's harder doing it later on. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Had I gone straight into self-employment, I would never have needed them. Yeah. But and it's interesting because George actually talked to me about, I know I've got to stay in school until I'm 18 months. So I know I've got to go to college. I don't want to go and do A-levels at sixth form. He said, but actually, if I'm going to be self-employed and I went, whoa, stop. What do you mean? If you're going to be self-employed, this is music to my ears. And I'm like, yes, (laughs) it's doing something so completely different when they leave school that he's got that entrepreneur's mindset and I think it's probably because during lockdown he was at home he was seeing me running my business knowing the challenges and I do get him involved in my business because he's great at tech I'm not I may as well play to his strengths and I said you can even put on you know your CV that you're the technical director for Ascendo coaching and training because you do all of my YouTube and videos and you know titivating all of that because that's his skill set and so it was music to my ears that at 16 year old he was saying well actually mum if I'm self-employed I don't need any of this do I 
And, you know, and he's learned so much because he learns through, he's a pragmatist. So tell me what I need to know, why I need to know it, and then just give me the time to go and and do it. I'm delighted to announce that the Woman Who Achieves Solopreneur Awards 2023 are open for entry. A solopreneur is a woman in business who works on her own as a sole trader or sole director. All the information you need and the entry form is on the Woman Who website. Celebrate your achievements and enter the Woman Who Achieves Solopreneur Awards 2023 today at womanwho.co.uk. Now back to the podcast. round back in full circle to you you're doing a skill outside work completely aren't you for fun and I'm talking about your aerial silks and I don't know what the exact name for it but I look at it in awe and I see your videos and you're learning and you're this skill what's the reason you're doing that and what sort of sense of achievement do you get through I mean, are you trying for perfection there? Because I know there's certain moves that you would just have to get right or you'd just fall off the thing, wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah. So I started doing, well, they call it trapeze yoga two years ago. And then my yoga teacher decided to go traveling around the world and teach yoga in the eastern part of the world, which I loved. And so I didn't, I just stopped doing aerial yoga and I loved it and it was because I couldn't find anybody else in my local area that did it and then about six months ago a lady bought a rundown chapel that is literally in walking distance from my house and she's converted it into a yoga studio so because it's a church obviously it's really high so she can have the trapezes and the silks and the hammocks hanging from the ceilings so I decided to go back to aerial yoga now, the whole hammock was completely different to what I'd been used to. The hammocks that I'd been used to before had got handles that I could hold on to. I could sit in the hammock. I could throw myself back. I could hold the handles. These don't. They are just literally silk hammocks. And you just have to trust the process. So I kept telling myself, this is like falling off of a bike, Claire. Just because it's a little bit different, you know what you're doing. But fear just took over. And I was in that I am consciously incompetent. I do not know what I'm doing in this hammock. And it's going to take me time to get back into the process. But because I have perfectionist traits, I used to leave the class. And sometimes I used to beat myself up because actually I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm really cross with myself because I don't know what I'm doing. Whereas the reality was the yoga teacher said, you're so determined, Claire, and you put so much passion into what you do and you put your heart and soul into it and you're learning something new every single time. You're coming on in leaps and bounds. So what she was saying to me is what you're doing is good enough and it's a new skill that you're learning. 
So for my own, to build my own strength, I decided to do silks. If any of you have watched BGT, I think somebody got into the final who did silks. There was a married couple and they practiced in the kitchen. I can't imagine me telling Martin we're having a swinging hammock in the kitchen or in the garage because I think that would just blow his mind. But so if you've seen, so the silks are completely different. They are just silks that hang from the ceiling and you have to wrap your legs around the silks and lock yourself onto the silk because you don't have that hammock and then climb up the silk to then be able to roll yourself in it to roll back down and it's fair to say I have a love-hate relationship with silks because I've done the four weeks and I hate it because I can't do it as quick as what I want to learn how to do it and as a coach I never say I can't do it. And when the yoga teacher said, you can't do it yet, Claire, I was like, that's what I use with my coaching clients. And you're now using it with me. But I'm going to persevere because what it's doing for my mental health and well-being is it gives me that hour where I just switch off from everything else that I'm doing. And I have to concentrate on what I'm doing in the silks. So that's wrapping myself on it to make sure I don't fall off it or I don't fall out of the hammock and learn new tricks and right at the end of the class you do your shavasa so I get in the hammock I lay in the hammock and you just do a meditation and that is the best part of it because that's then the whole grounding of giving yourself permission that you've worked really hard and you can now go and just do whatever you want to do. And I just think, so if I do that in my personal life for my own fitness, health and well-being, why don't I take that same approach in business? Why don't we give ourselves permission that if you've actually worked really hard, that then you can just think, right, we now just sit and relax and that's it for the end of the day. And like coming back to what you said about your eldest son, you know, he realised if he got his homework done, and he got it out of the way, he had the rest of the day free. Sometimes as business owners, we think we've got to sit there t- till five o'clock because that's what working people do. Whereas if we've done what we've got to do for that day by lunchtime, who says we can't go and sit in the garden and enjoy doing something completely or, or go out? You know, there is yeah. no hard and fast rule, is there? But we still sit in that mindset where we say, I've got to be set at my desk from nine till five every day. And there's no need to do that anymore. No, um, no. And, you know, you talk about sort of time blocking and things like that. And, you know, I do time block. I do give myself space to do things. I use one of these timer cubes, which has been really valuable. I'll pop the link to that in the show notes. But I only set it for 15 minutes. And the reason yes. I do that is I maybe time block something for an hour and a half because I know it's a meaty task. But I give myself permission to just have a breather every 15 minutes. Even if I'm in flow, I think, right, I can just ignore that and carry on. But I like to give myself the opportunity to walk away, refresh and come back if I need to. Yeah. And it's interesting that because I now also make time for an hour's lunch. And I typically have it one till two because Hawaii Five-O is on one till (laughs) two. Anybody who's got Sky, it's on channel 109, which is the HD channel. So I get to see my guilty pleasures in HD as well. But for me, it's about actually I'm going to have an hour where I sit 
enjoy lunch. I watch a little bit of trash TV, but actually Hawaii is a place that I love and it's a place that I want to go back to. So for an hour a day, I go back to that happy place and I've switched off from whatever I've been doing in the morning so then I can go back and face whatever I'm doing in the afternoon with a fresh perspective. Yeah, yeah. And I think sometimes we can get bogged down and it's having the bravery to get up and walk away from your laptop because yes. sometimes you can sit there all day and beat yourself up. And this is coming back to the whole perfection thing again. You actually beat yourself up mentally by not doing something or not achieve something in a particular day, yet you can approach it the next day with a completely different mindset and get through it in an hour. And yeah. I think as women in business, men in business, you know, we, we're too tough on ourselves sometimes. And yeah. that, I think, you know, the whole permission thing, give yourselves permission to actually not work that day. If you know, you get up and you know in your own heart of hearts, whether you're in a productive mode or whether you're in a sluggish mode, and if you haven't slept well the night before, it's not the best time to perform your best work, is it? No, that's right. And it's almost like I talk to my clients about as a coach, I shine a light on behaviours. Well, I give my family permission to shine a light on my behaviours. And without exception, every single one of them, so that's my husband and my two children, have said, when are you going to put your phone down, mum? You're supposed to be, have it watching the tv because again emmerdale is a little bit of my guilty pleasure as well so i watch emmerdale for half an hour every evening but even then i might still have my phone in my hand because it's about my mindset is well actually if i'm self-employed i'm open 24 7 but the reality is i'm not open 24 7 because i don't tell my clients that they can see me at any time in the day there'll be set times in the day when i know that i work at my best so it's about that discipline of I'm giving myself permission to not respond to emails, to not go on social media, to not be visible for this moment in time, because this is my resting time. And that comes back to I'm not perfect at that. I'm making progress. And I accept I'm not perfect at that. And actually, in those times, if you want to procrastinate and do nothing, it's okay to procrastinate and do nothing because that's the permission that you've given yourself. Absolutely. I absolutely love that. I always ask my guests to leave our audience with a piece of advice or a top tip. So thinking about, you know, progress over perfection and, you know, procrastination, which isn't a bad word because no. it's can give yourself permission to procrastinate what would your piece of advice or top tip be my piece of advice would be get it down on paper whatever the thing may be get it out of your head and put it on paper and that's not to say that you're going to do something with it there and then but it's out of your head so that frees up your thinking time to either Think of other things or to deal with what's on the paper in front of you. Fantastic. Today, I've been chatting with Claire Cahill of Ascendo Coaching and Training, and I'll pop all your links and how you can reach Claire 
and find out a little bit more. And it, you can ha also see her on various videos performing her silks and aerial yoga. So get to know Claire a little bit better. Thank you for being here today. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you for listening to the Woman Who Chat podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Join me next week for more inspiration, learning and top tips. In the meantime, visit womanwho.co.uk to find out how you can start your Woman Who journey or even feature on a future podcast. You can also join the Woman Who Achieves community on Facebook. The link is in the show notes. There, you'll get the opportunity to network, find support and make new connections with over a thousand women in business. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's podcast. And if there are any topics you would like to hear, just get in touch with me, your host, Sandra Garlick.